wonderfully lovely place are simply silly, as no words can describe it at all. Henceforth, let the inhabitants of the world be divided into two classes, them as has seen the Taj Mahal, and them as hasn't. Eleanor Roosevelt visited the Taj Mahal just after dusk and wrote, I held my breath, unable to speak in the face of so much beauty. This is a beauty that enters the soul. Fittingly, another woman, the wife of an early 19th-century British army officer, best captured the sublime intensity of the love that inspired the building. She wrote simply to her husband, "'I cannot tell you what I think, for I know not how to criticise such a building, but I can tell you what I feel. I would die tomorrow to have such another over me.'" By the end of the 18th century, the British artist Thomas Daniel who produced some of the best early paintings and plans of the Taj Mahal, could write after his visit, The Taj Mahal has always been considered a spectacle of the highest celebrity, visited by persons of all rank and from all parts. The Taj Mahal's celebrity has only grown over succeeding centuries. It is an international icon, and, like the Statue of Liberty, the Eiffel Tower, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and the Great Wall of China, one of the world's most readily identifiable structures. Despite being built by an occupying dynasty, it is a symbol of India adopted by numerous tourist organizations, restaurant owners and manufacturers in India and worldwide. It has also become a symbol of enduring love. By the time of Princess Diana's visit in February 1992 to India with her then-husband, Prince Charles, The power of the Taj Mahal's image was such that when she visited the Taj alone and allowed herself to be photographed, a single, disconsolate and melancholy figure seated on a white marble bench before a monument to an abiding royal romance, no words were needed. The Taj Mahal is an expression not only of supreme love, but also of confident power and opulent majesty. It was the creation of an emperor whose dominion stretched westward across the Indus into present-day Afghanistan and Pakistan, eastward to Bengal, and southward to the central Indian plateau of the Deccan. Shah Jahan's ancestors, the four preceding emperors, had acquired these huge and hugely wealthy lands by persistent opportunism. Descendants of Genghis Khan and Timur, they had been pushed out of their traditional territories on the plains of Central Asia, beyond the mountains of the Hindu Kush, by fierce rivalries among the rulers of the local clans. In the early 16th century, under the leadership of Babur, the first Mughal emperor, they had begun probing down through the Khyber Pass into Hindustan, northern India. Their hold on their territorial gains had at first been precarious as local rulers had forced them back. Not until the reign of Babur's grandson, Shah Jahan's grandfather Akbar, from 1556 to 1605, was the Mughal's hold on India secure. With stability and prosperity came the opportunity for the Mughals to indulge their traditional aesthetic interests. Nostalgic for the cooler climes they had left behind them, they had a particular love for exquisite gardens, cooled by fountains and streams and with airy pavilions in which to relax. They were the prototype for the gardens of the Taj Mahal, and several survive to this day. The emperors also became enthusiastic builders, constructing in their new lands fortresses and palaces, and within their pleasure gardens their own beautiful mausolea. They brought with them a tradition of tomb-building, which they developed over the years into a unique fusion of Islamic and indigenous traditions.
The fabulous wealth of India, piled high in the imperial Mughal treasuries, enabled them to build mausolea of extraordinary magnificence and sophistication. Shah Jahan could literally stud the Taj Mahal with jewels, inlaid into the building's white marble, to form the glowing flowers of an earthly representation of the heavenly paradise where Mumtaj awaited her grieving husband. The Taj Mahal was the Mughal Empire's ultimate artistic expression, emulated but never equalled. However, it extracted a high price from its builder, Shah Jahan, in every sense. Creating this heaven on earth was an almost impossible undertaking, physically and financially. A contemporary English traveller wrote, The building goes on with excessive labour and cost. Gold and silver esteemed common metal and marble but an ordinary stone. The Taj's construction and the emotional impact of Mumtaj Mahal's loss depleted Shah Jahan's treasuries and distracted him from the business of government.